Welcome to LOA Today. Walt Thiessen and Life Coach Cindy Chavez here. Today is Tuesday, March the 20th, 2018, 8 a.m. Eastern Time. Your first daily dose of happy for the day. And uh, we're off to a good happy start here in our uh, podcast at home studios. Uh, we're all nice, nicely tucked in. We're actually preparing city, believe it or not, for yet another snowstorm coming through. That tends to happen this time of year. They, you get one, and then you get the next one, you get the next one, and you get the next one. They're like usually about a week apart. And wow, uh, yeah. So this is not this is not late for you to be having snow. No, 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 no. You can have definitely snow in in March. Snow has even appeared in April or even early May. It's oh wow, uh, yeah. In fact, that's why gardening season around here they don't dare do any um you know annuals planting or anything like that until after memorial day because that's the only time you're really 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 safe <laughs> oh wow which is in may yeah wow, wow. Yeah. yeah well but, i you know i hate to break it to you but it's it's in the 70s this week here <laughs> well that's that's really rough no i'm sorry happening. to hear that <laughs> that's so discouraging <laughs> no absolutely i think that's wonderful in fact i'll tell you quite honestly because we need to get the gardening season going for Louise's gardening business. So we're working on trying to influence the weather to, like, you know, reduce or eliminate the snow. So actually having that image of 70-degree weather, you know, the, the blue skies and the sun, that's actually the, the right image to have. Because if, you know, we can hold that and get excited about it, that snow is not going to happen. It's going to turn into nicer weather. And we see it all the time, you know, where it looks like it's forecast to be one way and doesn't happen. Well, especially with this one, because last Friday they said we were going to get about five to ten inches, and then over the weekend it disappeared, <laughs> and then yesterday it reappeared three to six inches. So, I mean, it's very flexible. It's very fluid. There's absolutely no reason <laughs> to think that we're locked in on it. So, yeah, I think uh, it's, it's definitely influenceable. So if you're living in the East Coast, particularly in the Northeast, and you're sick of winter and you want the, the spring to arrive... <laughs> Guess what? You can help make it happen. Just get excited and, and, and focus on how much you love the beautiful weather, and together we will be able to keep it at bay. It's just a question of whether we're willing to actually do it. So there you go. That's it. So we how had. You... Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say we we had beautiful weather this weekend, and we were, um, but it was supposed to rain. The the forecast said. All day Saturday, rain, and even the radar looked like heavy rain. And mm. this weekend was St. Patrick's Day, and our city has a really big parade. And so, of course, nobody wanted to see that happen. And it, it just, like, kept threatening and threatening, but it never happened. It, it sort of misted. We did have a little bit of really, really light rain where it, it just really didn't stop any anything from happening. So... And I, I think part of that, I want to take a little bit of credit for part of it because I was doing that. I was oh good. I was imagining beautiful blue sky, clear skies, sunshine. So yeah, I, I actually have a, a few stories that I'm going to be including in the book, and Louise has a story as well for including in the book about influencing weather. So for those who are doubting that you can actually do it, we'll you know, we'll be giving you examples to show what we actually did do. And uh, they're, they're fun examples. They're examples that when you read them, you say, wow, that's that's really weird. <laughs> yeah, well, I think I told you the, the story about uh, when my sister and I were driving from, she lived in Florida at the time, mm -hmm. and my mother was in uh, Kansas City. And of course, you know, that part of the country gets really rough winters. And 
my mother was was dying and my sister and I were driving up to right. be with her. Yes. And she swung in from Florida. Now, this is really funny because uh, neither one of us, we were very focused on, you know, get, packing bags and getting there in time and wanting to see our mom one last time and weren't really paying attention to the weather. And here my sister shows up from Florida and she's got this light, you know, bag with a few things she needs in it. And she's wearing flip-flops and shorts <laughs> because, you know, it was like 90 degrees where she was. Yep. Uh, it was in February. And so oh. she swings through Louisiana to get me. And I'm like, okay, do we have to think about the weather? And we start looking at the weather. And there was a blizzard that was supposed to happen. And it actually <laughs> oh, did happen. And I had a friend at the time that I had just met. And it's kind of funny. It was probably one of the first coaches and law of attraction people that I had had ever known. And she had just been thinking about me and she called me and she said, I was just thinking about you. How is it going? You know, what's going on? And I said, well, I'm in the car with my sister and we are stuck in this blizzard and, and we're trying to get to Kansas city and we, we need to be there now. And the car's barely moving because it's a whiteout. And she said, Oh, <laughs> very confidently say, Oh, okay. Well, you know, you can manipulate the weather. Uh, I'll see what I can do. And and she was like off the phone in like a couple of minutes. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I remember telling my sister, huh, you're not going to believe this phone call I just had. <laughs> and, you know, I have to say the weather lightened up after that and, and we made it there. So some people would say, well, that's just a coincidence. But it, uh, well, I don't is, really believe in coincidence. It, it seems like a coincidence if you do it once. But when you have a history of doing it over and over and over again, and I can't say I'm 100% with it, but I have a very high degree of accuracy, I can, I can influence the weather successfully, particularly if I give myself enough time. It's when, I, when the weather's right on top of us, that's when it's harder and the, the percentages um, go down. <clears throat> but if I give myself enough time, I'd say my, my accuracy is probably around 90%. So you do that often enough and you start to believe, yeah, I guess I really can influence the weather. But I understand well, the skepticism. Know, that's what's so powerful about law of attraction, right? Is that when we first start practicing deliberate creation, we may have a little, oh, well, maybe that was just a coincidence. But the more we do it, the better we get at it. And the more, you know, I'm making air quotes, but the more coincidences, you know, we see, right? Mm -hmm. I will tell you, from the beginning of my practice, one of the things that one of my very first mentors said is, you know, practice like pick things that you're not super attached to to happen in other words so there's no resistance and then just you know let it happen and i did that this weekend at the parade mm, okay <laughs> this is it's so funny at the parade at, at louisiana you know we're the home of mardi gras right so right. when when we have parades and i don't know that this is true at parades in the rest of the country but our people on the floats throw beads and throw little things, right? Frisbees, um, <laughs> little bouncy balls, candy. Wow. One year, one year, I was looking back and I looked back at the parade and got hit right above the eye with a frozen moon pie. Oh, jeez. <laughs> which was pretty much like a hockey puck. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh. <laughs> I don't want that to happen again. No, no, no. <laughs> But here's what here's what happened this year. Um, it was kind of funny. I said, I'm going to catch a snake tomorrow. 
at the parade. And I don't know why I said that particular thing, but doesn't St. Patrick have something to do with snakes? Well, um, the the myth is that he helped drive snakes out of Ireland, although okay. the reality seems that, to be that there never were any snakes other than druids. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So that must be why I said, okay, hmm, what am I going to catch tomorrow? I'm going to catch a snake and and a unicorn. Um, I was just being <laughs> silly, just picking some things. So the parade happened, and the other, the thing that I collect from the parade every year are these little rubber bouncy balls they look like marbles and they're about I don't know maybe one inch in diameter and so I I kept running after those when I would see them bouncing towards me and then the parade was over I didn't catch a snake and I was and I kind of said huh I really thought I would catch a snake but here's the thing I've never seen them throwing any kind of snakes from a parade Mm. you know it would be easy to say, I'm going to catch a Frisbee because they're throwing those and they're throwing sure. footballs and they're throwing bouncy balls and lots of beads. Well, so we got in the car after the parade to drive down to the bottom of the hill where it is a big, huge, crazy party that lasts all day after the parade rolls. And it's a mess down there. The road <laughs> is like six inches thick with beads. Like you couldn't ride a bike. Down six there, inches thick. Oh, wow. It's just, I you, mean, there's just you get so as much, much beads stuff. as we can snow. <laughs> So we're driving. Of course, the traffic is very, very slow and um, pretty much stopped through this one intersection. And I look over and I see a bouncy ball on the road with all the beads and all the other stuff that's on the road. And it was a really pretty one. And I the car was stopped. So I said, oh, I have to have this bouncy ball. So I, I opened the door and I hopped out and I ran over to pick it up. And what do you think was right next to it? <laughs> uh-huh. A rubber snake. <laughs> uh-huh. So I picked it up. I said, yes, look what I got. I didn't catch it, but I grabbed it and it was connected to the parade. And That's then funny. about a block up, I saw a little unicorn, but I didn't get out and grab it because it had been run over by cars and Aww. it wasn't in very good shape. But that's just a little fun thing to do with your practice. That, mm-hmm. You know, if I wouldn't have caught a snake or a unicorn, it wouldn't have mattered. <laughs> but of course, the I fact wouldn't have that, been disappointed. Yeah, well, the fact that it wasn't a big deal that meant your res- resistance level was going to be low, so you're going to have a much higher degree of success. So that yeah. that kind of thing makes sense. <laughs> it does. So it didn't rain on our parade. We <laughs> That's on. right. Yes, it didn't rain. Well, it rained beads. They were six inches deep. <laughs> oh my goodness, the beads! It. I mean, we, the as soon as the last float goes by, the very last float is always a fire truck has the siren on it's like okay the parade's over and then the next thing to roll by is usually the street sweepers but this year in front of the street sweepers they had one of those like tractor things with a ginormous scoop on it just scooping (laughs) so so you you essentially have your equivalent of a snow plow yes it was like a a bead plow (laughs) a bead plow yeah do do they make piles of beads like they do with the snow (laughs) <laughs> well, there were. I mean, I should have taken pictures. It, it's amazing. Not not quite as big as the snow piles, but. <laughs> That's funny, though. <laughs> well, it actually fits, too, because whenever we're talking about something regarding uh, something we want to manifest, particularly weather or anything that, that feels like it's, oh, it's a really big project. I don't know if I can pull that off. Well, the key to making any of that work, of course, is not just putting the request out there, but how you feel about it. 
And if you're feeling excited about it and you can focus on it for a while with your excitement and you're, you're talking to others about how excited that you are that the thing's going to happen, whatever the thing is, you know, so you're influencing the weather. I'm going to have, yeah, they're saying snow, but I'm saying sun. And, and boy, is it going to be great. You know, and I'm getting really excited about how much the sun is going to be there. I'm going to get out and do stuff that I, I can only do when there's no snow on the ground. And, and uh, the weather's going to warm up. And we're going to be able to do the gardening. And, you know, just get into the thing and start feeling good about it and getting excited about it. That feeling is what makes it work. Because where I find that I trip most often is... When I have my resistance level high, I can't get my enthusiasm high. Mm. So if I, the flip side of that is if I can get my enthusiasm high and stay there and, and help myself believe it by repeating it over and over again, my resistance goes down. So yeah, the, and the I think that's thing. why it's important to hold it lightly. Which means what? Well, in other words... We, all, we have desires, so it's like when we want a sunny day and we don't want it to rain on our parade, um, it's easy to get, you know, like you said, if your resistance level is strong, it's hard to get really enthusiastic because right. we're like, really want this to happen in a certain way. Exactly. But if we can bring ourselves to the point of, of knowing, ah, you know, it's like one way or the other, it'll, everything will work out. It'll be fine. Um. Hey, if it, you know, if it doesn't work out, if it, if it rains, it rains, you know, it's like holding on to that desire, you know, in a way that's a little lighter and not so tight fisted holding on to that desire. Like it has to be this way because that just causes more resistance. And that resistance is what stops things from happening and makes us say, well, this stuff doesn't work. Right. <laughs> right. That's the hardest concept of all. That that one took me the longest to get. The idea that when I try to attract something and it doesn't show up, it's because I resisted it. I remember the first time I, I heard that concept, and I, I believe it was from an Abraham workshop on YouTube or something. And my first reaction was, resist? Where's my resistance switch? <laughs> I don't know how to turn yeah. it off. I don't even know what it's on. How can I tell when I'm resisting? I don't know. I was well, lost. I think I think that sometimes people think, well, say, well, you probably have some resistance around this. No, no, I'm like, I'm not resisting it at all. I really want this. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> often we think of resistance as being like pushing it away or saying no. But often resistance is attachment. So we're like so attached to a particular outcome. We just, you know, it's like as a relationship coach, people that come to me because they've got to get their ex back or, you know, they want to have a relationship with a particular person. It's like, no, it's, it just, I won't be happy until, you know, I have this person in my life. And it's like, that's so much resistance because when you're that attached to an outcome, you're just resisting every other possible thing. <laughs> it's like just too much. And I found that the concept of, of attachment is a two edged sword. Because there are certain ways to attach that are actually really good at speeding the whole thing up. There are a lot of other ways to attach that drag the whole thing to a halt. And what it really comes down to is, is your attachment positively or negatively oriented? I mean, there, there are people like you say who, who will say, well, you know, I'm, I'm really attached to getting my ex back. And I, I'm focusing on it so much, but it's not happening. And my instant reaction is, no, you're not focusing on the positive of getting your ex back. You're focused on the negative that you don't have the ex 
that's where your where your actual attachment is, and that's what gets in the way. If you can actually attach on how excited you are and how great it feels, and you actually stay in that attachment, that actually helps speed it up. But the flip side is, if you if you're focusing on, oh, it's not here yet, and it's got to show up, you're killing it. <laughs> you're absolutely killing it. <laughs> yeah, that's what you know. As we've been moving through the book, um, we've been studying this book, Money and the Law of Attraction, Learning to Attract Wealth, Health, and Happiness. And one of the things that we've covered uh, so far was the idea of pivoting. Yes. And that's, and that's been really powerful for me because I think I didn't realize how much I don't pivot when I have the opportunity because I've been so focused on it now that I've really been using this a lot, this pivot exercise, which basically is just when we recognize there's something we don't want going on to ask ourselves what we do want and then to go a step further and and start focusing on the reasons why we want that thing Mm -hmm. and how it's going to make us feel until we can really step into that identity of the person that already has it, I think. I mean, it's so different to start. And I've been doing it a lot. When we first started that section in the book, I was, I was, I don't know how to say it, uh, trying, my body felt like it was trying to come down with a cold. Like I had kept waking up with a little bit of a sore throat and a little, and it was like one of those sensations where, oh, you know, in my past, I think I would have said, here it comes. Like, you know, I got to get ready for this because right. it's, I, it's in a inevitable. few days I'm going to be down with a cold. <laughs> but I kept pivoting and saying, well, I don't want to be sick. And the real trick for me was that immediate, why not? You know, why? Because I want to be well. Why do you want to be well? Because I don't want to be sick. No, that's not good enough. Why do you want to be well? Because when I'm feeling well, I have better energy. I get more accomplished. It feels pleasant yes. to feel better. I want to feel vibrant. I want to feel good. I can, I can help more people. I can do more things. I can enjoy life better and go on and on. And, you know, I never did get the cold. And it was like maybe almost two weeks of playing with it. And on a scale of one to ten, with one being completely fine and ten being worst cold ever, I never got past maybe a two or three. That's good. And I didn't do anything else to prevent it. I just kept pivoting and going to the place of, Oh, it feels so good to feel good. I can get so much done. I feel yes. so ha- much happier instead of I don't want to feel bad. Mm-hmm. So you're so right about that. That's that brings up focusing on what we don't want. Focusing that- even when we're saying because well, I want this, because I don't want that. As soon yeah. as we go because I don't <laughs> want that, we're back over there in that corner of what we don't want. In fact, that whole thing about um I am going to focus on this and influence it even though I'm not feeling there but I'm going to try to get there when, when you're doing it early on that actually makes a bigger difference because the momentum hasn't built up yet so it is easier to catch it at the beginning you know just as you start to feel the symptoms it is easier easier to catch it I mean by I don't mean catching the cold I mean catching the fact right. that it's coming on <laughs> right. and stop catch it and reverse vibration. it you, you can reverse it at that point it's, it's not that you can't reverse something after it has manifested it's just it takes a little bit more. It takes more energy. It takes more attention. It takes more excitement. It takes more more work in a sense. Um, but if you do it early, it's a lot easier to catch it. So that's the beauty of it. Even if you're not doing it perfectly, you still can stop it. You don't have yeah, to be Yeah, I never getting realized right. how much in the past that I actually just kind of got ready for it. 
I mean, I'm oh, not yeah. saying I throw the welcome mat out for a cold, but it was sort of like, okay, well, you know. Well, we treat it like it's inevitable. <laughs> well, no, yeah. As soon as we feel those symptoms, oh, well, that's it. I'm, I'm done for. I, that cold's going to come no matter what. That's, that's our normal reaction. And yeah, it isn't and until it's we, so we, not we true. Say, no, it's not true <laughs> at all. No, and it isn't until we finally decide to say, you know what? I'm not going to buy into that this time around. That's when you so have what, a chance. Well, before we jump in to the book, do we have announcements to make? Uh, let's see. Well, uh, for those who are not aware of it, we know that uh, we have now a new time slot on Sundays. Sundays, we are now moving to the evening hours. And in fact, we did our first evening show this past Sunday. So the new time slot on Sunday with David Bartke is 8 p.m. Eastern Time. And uh, we actually started this week, Cindy, with a caller on Sunday night. And that caller was somebody who had called in last October to ask David and I for some ideas. She wanted to manifest a particular house with some very particular features and and, uh, aspects and characteristics and so forth. And she called in with a report to tell us that approximately two and a half months after she put the request in and was talking to us about you know, how to get her energy up and so forth. On New Year's Day, they found the house. Yay! And, and the remarkable thing is that they found it on New Year's Day when you know, nobody's out and about. They were out. Uh, they, they were moving from uh, your neck of the woods, your old neck of the woods, Southern California up to Northern California. And they had already made the move, but they didn't have a, a permanent home yet. So they were out walking in a neighborhood they hadn't walked in before. And came to this cul-de-sac and saw this house, and they just stopped. It's like, that's it. That's the one. And there's, <laughs> there's a, a for sale sign outside. And they, they, as they're watching, what appears to be a realtor and a client walk up to the house, open the, the uh, lockbox, and go inside the house. And they say, this is amazing. So they go up and knock on the door. The realtor comes over. You know, can we look at the house? He says, well, this is a private showing, but you can feel free to look around if you like. So they did. They loved it. They put it in an offer, and a month later, they moved in. And it had everything. <laughs> and it had everything on their list that they wanted, except for, well, they, it had part of one. It didn't have the complete thing. What she had asked for was so unbelievable, I'm not sure she could have found this house. She wanted a house that had a, a working fireplace in every room in the house, including the bathrooms. Uh, yeah, that's that's <laughs> that, not going to be easy that, to find. That's a bit of a stretch. But what they did get was a house that had a big, great big real fireplace, and then she satisfied herself by getting these little electric fireplaces to put into the different rooms of the house when she wanted one. <laughs> wow. But, but everything else was check, 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 check on their checklist of all the things they wanted. On and New Year's Day. On New Year's Day, yeah. Yeah. So we had our first um, listener manifestation story, which was pretty cool. Wonderful. Yeah. That's fantastic. It is. It's, it's really good. It's good stuff. Good stuff. So well, let's get to uh, the book because uh, we got some progress to make here. So we're on the section called I Know How I Want to Feel, which ties into what we were talking about. I know how I want to feel. If you're following along with us, I'm in the paperback version. It's Money and the Law of Attraction, Learning to Attract Wealth, Health, and Happiness, Esther and Jerry Hicks, The Teachings of Abraham. And we are beginning at the top of page 41 with this section called I Know How I Want to Feel. Sometimes when you're in the midst of an uncomfortable situation, you struggle to find any positive aspects within it. Some things are intolerable. 
Some things are so big and so bad that it does not seem possible for you to find anything positive about them. But that's because you're attempting to take too large of a jump from the awfulness of what you're focused upon to the solution that you desire. In other words, if you want to find an action solution right now that will fix this, but you find yourself in a situation where no action that you can take seems appropriate, always remember that while there may not be a positive aspect to your action in this moment, while you may not be able to figure out what to do that would make you feel better, you always know how you want to feel. It's funny too, as you're, re- as you're reading that, I'm, I'm thinking about something that Joel likes to talk about because um, like uh, the first third of that paragraph, about one third in, it says, um, it does not seem possible for you to find anything positive about them, but that is because you are attempting to take too large of a jump from the awfulness of what you are focused upon to the solution of you, that you desire. And the word that he has invented is awfulizing. Awfulizing <laughs> is where you take any situation and you make it far worse in your mind. <laughs> I had a friend that, that did the same thing. Her, her word was catastrophize. Catastrophize, yeah, same deal. <laughs> And it's amazing. We do awfulize. We talked about that when we were talking about the weather a few minutes ago. People awfulize the weather. They awfulize colds. They awfulize all these things that are within their power to influence, and they decide, nope, they're not in my power. And not only are they not in my power, but I'm going to feel really miserable about them. <laughs> right. Some, sometimes, you know, uh, occasionally I'll catch someone say, if this happens, I'm going to be so upset. And I'm like, why are you planning to be upset? Like, you just created a plan right. <laughs> to be miserable, right? Yeah. Um, we, don't, we don't have to do that. And also, another thing that we tend to do that falls right into the same category is sometimes we use language that does awfulize or catastrophize something, right? We'll say, oh, my goodness. Like, I, I got to the store and there were... It was a total nightmare. Yes, it's like, right. It's like, no, the Titanic was a nightmare. Like, <laughs> yes. Right? It's like, oh, yes. it was a disaster. It's like, well, no, you know, Hurricane Katrina was a disaster. It's That's like, right. We can pull back a little bit. <laughs> Just because right, we so, have to wait an extra five minutes in the grocery store line to check out does not make it a disaster. Right. So it's a bit like someone saying, I've just jumped out of an airplane and I have no parachute. What do I do now? There are situations where, given the current circumstances, there's no action or thought that at this point will make a significant enough difference to change the outcome that is barreling in upon you. And in the same way that sometimes you cannot find any action that will fix things, there is no thought that will immediately change it either. But if you understand the power of your thought and the incredible leverage that consistently good-feeling thoughts provide and you begin deliberately choosing your thoughts by utilizing the guidance that your feelings or emotions indicate, you can easily transform your life into predominantly good-feeling experiences by focusing upon the improved feeling. If you're able to find even the smallest feeling of relief in a deliberately chosen thought, your gentle path toward your solution will begin. Now, all of this starts in italics. So, If you're able to find even the smallest feeling of relief in a deliberately chosen thought, your gentle path toward your solution will begin. What to do 
in certain situations may not be clear to you. And you may at times not even be able to identify what it is that you want to have. But there is never a time that you're unable to identify to some extent how you want to feel. In other words, you know that you would rather feel happy than sad, refreshed than tired, invigorated rather than innervated. You know that you would rather feel productive than unproductive, feel free than confined, feel growing than stagnant. There's not enough action available. Go ahead. By by, by the way, I wanted to point out that, excuse me, if you are falling out of that plane without that parachute, you can still (laughs) you can still try to apply your thoughts to it. If you can get yourself really excited, it is possible to survive something like that. There are people who have survived that. But I think what Abraham is saying is don't wait that long. <laughs> you don't have to wait till the last second. You can actually change your thoughts way before that, way, way before you get into that bad situation. So, you know, just give yourself, cut yourself some slack, you know. Don't don't set yourself up and say, well, you know, yeah, this thing, bad thing is coming, but I'm not going to change my course because, by God, I'm going to work my way through this one, and, and I'm going to put it to the test, and I'm going to show them just how powerful I am. Well, Okay, have fun, but I would recommend taking the path of least resistance. It's a whole lot more fun and a whole lot easier. Well, and I like the way, you know, they're pointing out here that even if we don't know what we want, don't know what we want to have, we generally can get some idea of how we want to feel. And one of the things I know that sometimes people really just want to feel relief. And sometimes that's good enough is just a little bit of relief. Yeah. So it says there's not enough action available to compensate for misaligned thought. And that's really interesting. And that's one of the things that uh, I have a a group of coaches that we meet every, every week. And that's one of the things that we talk about a lot is that this idea right here that there's not enough action available to compensate for misaligned thought like alignment has to come first yes because if you're not aligned you can take all the action in the world and you're not going to get the results that you want and then you're just spinning your wheels and we've all been in situations where we could say that i think it's like oh my goodness i just i worked so hard on this and it just never got any traction you know i just never had a success with this project and oh, i yeah. tried and tried and tried well, that's probably because there wasn't alignment first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, right? that alignment is critical. It really is. I can say that from personal experience because I had years where I was not in alignment, didn't understand the concept, wasn't even aware of it. But there were years when I would work hard, really, really hard as, a, as an entrepreneur, trying to build the business, trying to get you know uh, new customers, make the customers happy and all that kind of stuff, and getting absolutely nowhere and not understanding why. It was so yeah. frustrating to me. It was incredibly frustrating. And, and talk about you know beating yourself up. There is no worse way to beat yourself up than to do that over a long period of time. I mean, I, just, I, I can barely begin to describe how painful it is because it's, it's really painful. It's a prolonged, especially chronic when you're pain. trying so hard, right? It's like, well, oh, yeah. I've done everything I can do. I literally got to the point where I thought there were evil forces that were beating me down. Because I, I had no other explanations. I couldn't understand what was going on. And, and once I learned this, and I learned that it was just because I wasn't in alignment with myself and I wasn't in a good feeling place, uh, that was like a, an explosion of a new possibility that had never existed before. I was like, you got to mm. be kidding. How I feel 
before I do the darn thing is what makes the difference? Oh, why didn't somebody tell me that before? <laughs> so, yeah, that's why I love this this so much. Just this idea, this one idea. There's just not enough action available to compensate for misaligned thought. There but when none. you begin to gain control of the way you feel by more deliberately choosing the direction of your thought, you will discover the powerful leverage in thought. If you will bring yourself to a more deliberate control of your own thought, you will bring yourself to more deliberate control of your own life experience. Yeah. So the next section, nothing is more important than feeling good. And that's just what you just said. That's it's right. Like, right? Nothing is more important than feeling good. Becoming more deliberate about the things you think about is not a difficult thing. You're often particular about what you eat, the vehicle you drive, the, and the clothes you wear. And being a deliberate thinker does not require much more deliberate discrimination than that. But learning to deliberately direct your thoughts toward the aspect of the subject that feels best to you will have a much greater impact on the improvement in your life than the choosing of a meal, a vehicle, a wardrobe. And I can't underline that enough. And I, I guess the best way I can say to express it is that, let's see, how do I do this? How do I say this? When I first discovered that it was my misalignment that was causing the problem, well, first of all, I, I, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> I just didn't buy it. Like, no way, it can't be that. But as I started to buy into what Abraham was saying, I said, okay, well, then let's time, it's time to take some inventory. You know, what, what's my own thought process on a normal day-to-day -day basis? And as I took inventory, I became quite depressed because I didn't realize how depressed I already was. <laughs> I didn't realize how many negative thoughts were going through my head every day. And in so many subjects and in so many ways, repeated over and over and over again. And I actually became obsessed with the idea of, I don't know how to do it, but somehow I got to get happier. If I can get happy, that's what the promise is. If I can get happy, if I can get into a good feeling place, then my life's going to start turning around. And I didn't know how to do it. I had no idea how to do it. They, they talked about doing affirmations. I'd do affirmations for a minute, and I'd say, well, this isn't working. I'd throw that out the window. <laughs> or, you know, they, they'd throw all the little quick fix things that, that people do to, you know, try to give themselves little boosts. It wasn't enough for me. I had such a huge lifetime-driven momentum of negative thoughts going through my head that no amount of affirmations would have made any difference. It just, it was too big. I had to make it a deliberate day-to-day -day thing to just try to get myself to focus for one second and then five seconds and ten seconds on something that felt good. And then I'd get knocked off balance and i have to go back at it again, you know, and, and remember to do it like an hour later. So an hour later, I'd try once again. Or three hours later, oh, yeah, I guess I've been negative for the last three hours. I'll try once more. And, and it was just this very, very slow process of reversing it. Well, I say all that not to depress people but rather as a setup to what I ultimately did find worked for me. And I found a number of things that worked. My walks worked. My positive music list that I developed, that worked a lot. And then the latest thing that I've been doing is, is something that uh, you and I have talked about a few times. You brought it up to me, the thing that Jack Canfield recommends, doing the mirror work. And I, I have to tell you, I don't know if you've been counting, Cindy, but I am currently on day 31 of that. I was just going to say, I think you might have hit the 30-day mark. I 31. Have. I'm at 31. And I can report that after 31 days, 31 is not enough to eliminate the negative thoughts, but they are really quiet now. They are nowhere mm. near as loud as they were. And uh, I'm going to be interested to see what happens when I get to day 40. But I woke up this morning and 
typically what happens in my life over the last 30, 40 years when I wake up is I'm inundated by what the latest problem is. You know, and okay, I got to I got to solve this, and I got to solve that, and I got to do this, and I got to do that, and this problem has to be. I have a list of these problems. There's a whole list here I have to get, and I got to get that done this morning. <laughs> you know, and of course, mm. just piling on the pressure on top. Lately, I do get those when I wake up, but more than more often than not, I'm actually getting just pleasant things, and that's a new experience. It's it's such a new experience. That my mind says, well, no, no, I can't allow that. I have to go back to the problem list. <laughs> <laughs> wait, but, wait, wait. Your your mind is like, wait, aren't we supposed to be over here? We're supposed to be problems? frustrated. We're supposed to be, you know, worried. We're supposed to be in all these negative places. But the, the good news is that because they have become quieter, it's actually a lot easier now to shift back to the positive range that I've been wanting to get into all this time. So I can I can actively attest the mirror work does work. I don't know if it eliminates the negative thoughts yet. I haven't gotten there yet, but I'm feeling very hopeful about it. And I can promise you, if you do it every single day for 30 days, your thought, your negative thoughts that are haunting you will be very quiet compared to where they were before. And that makes them a lot more manageable. Well, I mean, I got this picture when you were talking about that of, let's say, a classroom full of little kids you know you've got the <laughs> when my when my kids were in school they were just a couple grades apart and I used to go to the school and, and help out and I remember one particular holiday where there was like class parties going on and there were two different teachers and the one teacher was like had kids of her own that were already grown and you know in college or whatever the other teacher had no children and <clears throat> the the parent that the teacher that was a parent herself, it was so funny because she had this party spread out of little tuna sandwiches and celery sticks and carrots. And, you know, I think there were some chips, but mm -hmm. it was like the other classroom. It was there wasn't anything out on the table except for cake, cookies, cupcakes, candy. It was like <laughs> every form of sugar that you could think of. Uh -huh. And the one classroom with the teacher that had been a parent for years, they were all sitting quietly working on their little project and, and talking quietly to their neighbors. And it was very right. And the other classroom was like half the kids were out of their seats. They were screaming. They were yelling. They were laughing. They were running everywhere. And which class was easier to control? Right? <laughs> yeah. That's the picture I got when you were like the loud thoughts. And the, I thought, you know, it, the thoughts are still there. The negative thoughts are still there, but they're very quiet. I thought, yeah, it's like that classroom. You know, you still have 20 kids to supervise, but boy, it's certainly a lot easier than when they're running wild. Yeah, it's pretty evident which ones have been eating the carrot sticks and which ones have been eating the, the, the jelly babies, right? <laughs> it really was funny. But yeah, so those the mirror work, um, it definitely is effective. And I'm excited that, congratulations, 31 days. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, that's, that's a record for me. I did, to do a, a regular daily routine that is sort of affirmation related, it isn't truly because I'm not doing affirmations. But, but for me to be able to have done it for that long, that, that in and of itself is great, not to mention the results. You know what, though? You say you're not doing affirmations, but I, I, would, I would differ in that opinion because I think that when you look in the mirror – and you tell yourself that you appreciate yourself and that you love yourself, you're affirming your self-worth. 
I agree. Yes. I, I, you're right. I tend to think in my mind that an affirmation is a phrase you repeat over and over again. And I'm not, I'm not repeating the same phrase over and over again. But you're right. Just right. the fact that I'm saying stuff like that is affirmative and that makes it an affirmation. It's just not a repeated affirmation. I think it's so powerful. I'm so excited about it. Yeah, I, mean, I am too. I, I'm really pleased at how the whole thing is, is playing out. And I am definitely going to be go, going for 40 days or longer, however long it takes. I want to see how long it takes to actually eliminate that negative voice that pops in because I think I'm well, going to get there. Well, you know what was funny is when I told you about it, I had heard this story from a friend of mine that actually worked uh, with Jack Canfield. Right. And there was a, a third friend that's a mutual friend of, of uh, the three of us. And I was telling her that that you were doing the mirror work oh. and that you were really excited and that yeah. the main you know reason why was because you had you know heard Jack Canfield's story and wanted to get rid of the negative thoughts and she immediately said right because I remember Jack Canfield said forty days I said oh wait a minute <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's right wait was it forty days or was it thirty <laughs> she was like oh I could be wrong maybe it was thirty I was like well it's going to take forty. So we'll see. <laughs> I, I suspect uh, it's not one size fit all. I suspect everybody's a little bit different because we all have different backgrounds. We have different experience levels. We have le different levels of having inundated ourselves with negativity. So, you know, we're going to have slightly different results when applying the practice. The main thing is the practice works. And who cares how many days it takes? I mean, if I have to do it for 180 days to get rid of it, hey, guess what I'm doing? <laughs> yes. And, and if you're just coming into the conversation all we're talking about is the practice of looking in the mirror, either, you know, Walt's been doing it first thing in the morning, but right. Jack Camfield did it at the end of his day. So whenever, but looking in the mirror, looking into your own eyes, telling yourself that you love yourself, you appreciate yourself. Jack Canfield would recount the things that he did during the day and tell himself, I was really proud of how you handled, you know, X, Y, Z. I was just a, a few minutes it's not an hour-long practice but just the consistency of really letting yourself know that you appreciate yourself and it's not easy at first it feels awkward it might feel stupid it might feel like I, what am I doing this is so weird you might have trouble holding your own gaze in the mirror oh at yeah first. that first day I, <laughs> I couldn't hold it for five seconds five seconds was too long it was really uncomfortable that first day. But if you keep at it, if you say, say I'm not going to be defeated by what happened the first day, by the fourth day, it was feeling a lot more comfortable. It wasn't feeling great. It wasn't feel like, oh, yeah, I can't wait for the next one. It was still a little uncomfortable. But it does get easier a lot faster than you might think. And and if I recall correctly, by by two weeks, by the two-week mark, you were saying, boy, those voices, I think the example you used that I thought was so great is you said those negative, that negative chatter in my head, I can still hear it, but it's at like half volume. Yeah, it's just like that, that's what happens over time. Background. It yeah. just keeps getting quieter and quieter. Right now, if I had to say, I mean, I can't really remember how loud it was before. It's, it's 30 days later, you know, but if I had to guess, I'd say it's probably at about 20% volume. Amazing. Yeah, so it's definitely a lot quieter. The, the thing that Jack apparently does from what you told he not only um affirms himself directly but he also praises himself for what he did during the day and i kind of do the opposite but from the morning perspective because uh, when i do it i first of all i don't do more than a minute it's really rare for me to go longer than 60 seconds that's a lot of time <laughs> it's amazing how much you can actually say to yourself in 60 seconds but uh in the in the course of what i'm saying i'll 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 firm, I love you, I, I, I appreciate you, I'll do that. And then I'll say, by the way, 
here's what's going on today. So I'll do the same thing he's doing, but I'll do it in advance. I'm thinking about what's coming up and I'll say, you know, you're, you're on the right track. You're just keep doing that you're, and, and do it more and get excited about it because it's working. I'll do the exact same thing, but from the other side. I like that because you, so you're like encouraging yourself moving yeah. forward where he's sort of patting himself on the back, looking back. But I like the uh, I like the way you're doing it. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm basically playing the role of my own cheerleader. Yeah. Wouldn't it be great if we had cheerleaders in our lives? Yeah, we go, can, right? Cindy, go, go, Cindy, go. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that you said a minute. You can say a lot to yourself in 60 seconds. And yeah. That's so, so look, everybody is in the mirror for a minute, brushing your teeth, washing your face, whatever it is. Um, take that time to take a few seconds and give yourself some love. Now, it, it does pay to go more than a minute. And actually, I think I'm going to start trying to push myself to do that. And it is a push. It takes a lot to do it. But I'm thinking about what Abraham tells us about how long it takes to manifest stuff. So 17 seconds to manifest another new thought and then 68 seconds to manifest actual um, thing manifesting into your life physically um, in order to get that process going. So if I want to uh, not only change my pattern and get rid of the negative self-talk, but also use it as an opportunity to help to attract in the stuff I'm, I'm wanting that I'm asking for, then it does pay for me to focus on doing this for uh, you know 68 seconds. That's a minute and eight seconds. If I can do it that long, now I'm really building up the momentum. So I think I'm going to aim for that. I'm going to try for the 68 seconds and see if I can do that for you know the next 10 days. I know you can. Well, I know I can too, but yeah. I have to convince myself. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that'll be the thing you start with next in the mirror. Right? That's right, you, yes. You, all right. So the next section, we're talking about Feeling good. Nothing is more important than feeling good. And the, the, I love this idea that we and we are we are deliberate about what we eat, what we wear. Right. Yep. The vehicle we drive. I mean, I love the, the idea that it talks about what we eat and what we wear because we do that every single day. And so if we can just learn to be that deliberate about our thoughts and that shouldn't be too hard because it's pretty easy for us to look in the closet and choose what shirt we're going to put on and look in the fridge and <laughs> choose what we're going to eat. Once you read these words and feel your own personal resonance with their meaning and power, you will never again feel negative emotion without realizing that you are receiving important guidance to assist you in guiding your thoughts in a more productive and beneficial direction. In other words, you will never again feel negative emotion and not understand that it means you are in the process of attracting something unwanted. A significant thing is happening with you as you are coming into conscious awareness of your emotions and the guidance that they provide, because even in your ignorance of what negative emotion meant, you were still negatively attracting. And so understanding your emotions now gives you control of your life experience. You know, there's a really important point in there. The important point is that there is a distinction between negative self-talk and feeling negative emotions. Mm -hmm. the, and, and the distinction is self, negative self-talk is the stuff where you say, well, I can't do that. No, that's not possible. I'm going to get sick. Oh, all this bad stuff's going to happen to me. That's the negative self-talk. Whereas negative emotion is, I like this, but I don't like that. that that's, that's negative emotion. Well, Negative emotion is part of life. We don't want to actually get rid of that. If we got rid of that, we would be trying to live in a no-contrast life, which basically means we'd be dead. So we don't really want to get rid of all the negative emotions. We want to choose the stuff that we like 
you know, that's our positives, that feels positive to us. We want to consistently choose the positive and say, no, I don't want the negative. But we don't want to eliminate the choice because without the choice, we don't know where the positives are anymore. Um, well, the negative emotion, the negative self-talk, I think, is us agreeing with the negative emotion, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. Very good way of putting it. It's, it's agreeing with the negative emotion. So what we're trying to do is to stop saying, I want that negative thing. And that sounds so strange to say that. Why would we say, I want that negative thing? And yet we do. How often do we do it? We do it every time we say, oh, I'm going to get that cold. I can tell, I can yeah. feel it. It's coming on. It's inevitable. And there yep. we are. We're choosing the negative. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So that's such a good point, though. It's, it's, it's that decision that even though, okay, and I like the idea, and I, and you know this about me, it's one of those things that I don't shy away from the fact that, um, there are negative feelings. There are, or I, I really don't even like to call them negative and positive, just uncomfortable, um, because they're all po- they're all positive. They're all giving us good information, like we just read in this paragraph. Right. And so, I want to be able to say, I mean, I showed up that day, and and you were like, "Well, how are you doing?" And I was like, you know, there is that part of me that's like, oh. I don't want to be judged, you know, as soon as I say, well, I feel like I'm coming down with a cold, right? It's the same thing as we hear this in law of attraction circles a lot. It's like, but Abraham's teachings are not telling us to pretend that we feel good when we don't. Right, right. It's It's to acknowledge that we don't feel good and then admit that we want to feel better <laughs> that's all so it's like say it's not saying well i'm fine no i feel great if i feel like i'm coming down with a cold but i said i feel like i'm coming down with a cold and i started pre-paving the way to immediately feel better exactly and i did that by scripting out i actually said it out loud i don't know if i said it on the air or if i said it to you but i was like yeah, I said, you know what? I woke up feeling like I have a cold, and I just decided right now that after today's podcast, I am going to be saying, wow, that was amazing. Like, my throat never hurt the whole time. My voice was <laughs> fine. Everything was great. Wow, that was so cool. So I immediately went for the what felt better, and what felt better was to recognize it was possible to to do the show and feel great, and yeah. that's exactly what happened. Yeah, you have so, to start. Obviously, you have to start by saying, no, I don't want the cold. That That's the starting point. It's just not the ending point. If you if you end there, then you're kind of reinforcing with some more negative self-talk. But if you start with, okay, I don't want to get sick. I'm done with that. So what yeah. do I want instead? Now we're beginning the pivot. Okay, so I'm going to begin the pivot. What do I want instead? Well, I want to feel good. Okay, well, what does that feel like? Well, it feels good. Yeah, I know. But what does that feel like? <laughs> well, it means that I can. I don't have to be confined to bed. Okay, that's good. What else? Well, it means that I can get up and do things that I like to do. Okay, good. What else? Well, it means that I actually feel healthy. Like my nasal passages aren't clear, aren't clogged. Oh, well, that's good. What else? And, and you just keep working it and working it and working it until you finally start feeling good about where it is you're going. And now we're no longer trying to say, well, I'm going to convince myself to feel better when I'm not feeling good. We're not trying to do that anymore. That's too big of a jump. But by doing it incrementally, we get there anyway, which is kind of wild. And that's the thing I, I, I think is important, too, is that we don't have to make the big jump. We can't make the big jump. And although the ultimate goal is, you know, we want to feel happy, it may be too far of a jump at some point. And oh, yeah. I think that's what we're getting to here. Um, whenever you are feeling less than good, <laughs> if you will less stop and good. say, 
nothing is more important than that I feel good. I want to find a reason now to feel good. You will find an improved thought, which will lead to another and another. As you develop the habit of looking for good feeling thoughts, the circumstances that surround you must improve. The law of attraction demands it. When you feel good, you experience the sensation of doors opening as the universe is cooperating with you. And when you feel bad, it feels as if the doors are closing and the cooperation stops. Anytime you feel negative emotion, you are in the mode of resisting something that you want. And that resistance takes its toll on you. It takes its toll on your physical body and it takes its toll on the amount of wonderful things that you are allowing to come into your experience. Through your process of living life and noticing things wanted and unwanted, you have created a sort of vibrational escrow, which in a sense holds for you those wanted things you have identified until you become a close enough vibrational match to them that you allow yourself a fully manifested receiving of them. Let me, let me interrupt you... for a second, too. Mm-hmm. There's a really important word in there. Uh, the, the vibrational escrow holds for you those wanted things you have identified until you become a close enough vibrational close match. Enough. Close yeah. enough. It doesn't have to be perfect. <laughs> I like close that. Close enough. That. It only has to be close enough. That means we don't have to nail it absolutely identically perfect. We just have to get close enough. Well, we can get close enough. That's easier. Yeah, I'm really glad you pointed that out. Um, it, because it takes some pressure off, right? Yeah, in it a big says, way. holds for you those wanted things you have identified until you become a close enough vibrational match to them that you allow yourself a fully manifested receiving of them. Mm. But until you find a way to feel good about them, even though they have not yet manifested in your experience, it may seem to you that they are on the outside of a door that you cannot open. However, as you begin to look for more positive aspects regarding the things that occupy your thoughts, and as you deliberately choose the more positive end of the stick of possibilities regarding the subjects that dominate your thought processes, that door will open and everything that you desire will flow easily into your experience. And that stick of possibilities, of course, is, is what they call the, uh, the two-ended stick, the thing and the lack of thing. That's, that's the stick of possibilities. So you have lack of thing at one end and you have thing at the other end. And, and a, a great example of that is what we talked about earlier, the, the people who want to attract the ex back into their lives. And they're, they're trying to convince us so hard they want to attract the ex back. And yet what's really going on in their, their mind and in their subconscious mind is, oh, I so miss my ex, which is mm-hmm. not the same thing. <laughs> it's not at all the same thing. It's a completely different vibration. That's true. And that's a good point. Um, I want to see, we've got how much time? Five minutes? About five minutes, yeah. I think we can handle in a couple of minutes this next small section because I really want to read this section because I love the subtitle. Okay. It gets better, the better it gets. Yeah, that's good. (laughs) I like that. That is good. When you deliberately seek positive aspects of whatever you're giving your attention to, you, in a sense, tune your vibrational tuner to more positive aspects of everything. And of course, you could tune yourself negatively as well. Many people struggle in an attitude of self-criticism as a result of negative comparison that has been directed to them from parents or teachers or peers. And there's nothing more detrimental to your ability to positively attract than a negative attitude toward yourself. So this is what we've been talking about a lot with the mirror work idea, right? Right. 
So sometimes by choosing a subject about which you have practiced fewer negative thoughts, you can tune yourself to a better feeling frequency. And then from that better feeling place, as you redirect your thoughts toward yourself, you'll find more positive aspects about yourself than usual. Once you find more positive aspects of the world that surrounds you, you will begin to find more positive aspects about yourself. And once that happens, finding more positive aspects about your world will be easier still. It's kind of a loop. Mm, it is. It's a self-reinforcing you, loop too. Yeah. When you, find, when you find things about yourself that you do not like, you will find more of those things in others. You say, the worse it gets, the worse it gets. But as you deliberately, as you are deliberately looking for positive aspects in yourself or in others, you will find more of those things. The better it gets, the better it gets. Mm. We cannot overemphasize the value in looking for positive aspects and focusing upon more of things wanted because everything that comes to you is dependent upon that very simple premise. You get more and more of what you are thinking about, whether you want it or not. And therein lies the choice, whether you want it or not. The choice is, what are you going to think about? Not whether or not you want it. <laughs> the choice is, what are you thinking about? If you're thinking more about the negative, guess what you're going to get? You're going to get more of the negative. If you're complaining that this stuff isn't working, guess what? You're going to get more of this stuff isn't working. If, on the other hand, you start focusing and stay on, well, I would really like it. It would be so much better if I can, I, I can enjoy that more. I can feel better about that. That would be really great. And you get more and more onto that one. You're going to get it. It's going to happen. As long as you just keep staying on that track. That's the key, staying on track. And it's the hardest part when you're in the early stages like I was some 10 years ago. The early stages of trying to get onto and stay onto a positive track, that's when all the momentum that's been going in the opposite direction is still fighting against you. That's where your resistance is coming in. But by sticking to it, that's when I found I had the best improvement, when I found those little bits of moments where I could just focus for just five seconds, 10 seconds, 15 seconds, trying to imagine what it would be like, how it would feel. And half the time saying, I can't imagine how it would feel. And then, you know, coming back to it three hours later and say, well, I'll try anyway. <laughs> I'm going to try to imagine how this will feel instead. Maybe I can get there through the back door and just working and working and working and working and working. You do eventually get there. That's what I found. You do eventually get there. You do. And, and the thing that I always want to remind people as well as remind myself is that it's the small, consistent action that gets us there. Yes. And so, you know, often we want to we hear these inspirational stories of people that took a really big leap and they are in, inspiring. And yet it's really the success often comes with just the small, consistent action. So we don't have to beat ourselves up when we can't make that big leap. It's just be consistent, you know, and you've proven that over and over. And the latest thing that you've proven it with is the mirror work. And it's just mm. fantastic. And it's, it's as old as human literature. It dates back to Aesop's fables, the tortoise, the tortoise and the hare. <laughs> right. The tortoise got there one slow step at a time and he won the race because the hare was just off in all directions. And he was taking a rest and taking a nap in the, in the meadow and all this other stuff. And all of a sudden, oh, my God, he's almost at the finish line. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, you get to the finish line if you take those little tiny steps one at a time, one at a time, one at a time. Anyone the keep race. Going. Hooray, go tortoise. <laughs> Just keep going. 
It's good stuff. Well, we're at the end. I think actually we're completely out of time, but Cindy, it's been great, and I can't wait to do this again tomorrow. Let's do it tomorrow. All right, and we'll see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, everyone.